0: Hello everyone and welcome to Surveillance Report 30 covering the privacy and security news from this past week. I am Henry, owner of Techlore, and I am Nate from newoil.xyz, and we are here to bring you the news. Today's episode is brought to you by our supporters who believe in our mission in spreading privacy and security to the masses. We are on Patreon where you can receive exclusive perks in our communities and our platforms. Ko-fi for just one-time donations if you don't like subscriptions. We accept Monero for private donations and there are many free ways of supporting us as well, including contributing to our open source projects and just joining our communities and being a part of what we do. We also have merch too, so go check out our merch. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Today, we're gonna start with data breaches and Nate's gonna kick us off.
1: Alright, so this week we really only have one data breach and it's from a Bitcoin exchange called KeepChange where they said that they were attacked. They fortunately stopped the attackers from stealing any funds but unfortunately could not stop them from stealing user data. KeepChange is pretty new, they launched last year and unfortunately the stolen information included names, email addresses, transfer data so you know your the amount you bought and sold and stuff like that and hashed passwords which hashed is always good it's better than clear text obviously so if you use a strong password that means it'll be hard for the criminals to break into those after this attack the company enabled login guard which requires users to confirm the login via email before they can send any funds so it's good to see them taking that initiative at least
0: yeah and something else to add to this uh first off this is a cryptocurrency exchange Uh, this is very common. This is just another reminder that if you store cryptocurrencies in your exchanges, you don't own your cryptocurrencies. You should transfer them to your own wallets that you own. The best case scenario is you get a hardware wallet like a Ledger or a Trezor. The goal is to not store your cryptocurrencies in these exchanges.
1: Yeah, it's worth noting, like you pointed out, this is a crypto exchange, and uh, these attacks are really common, but they're especially on the rise now because Bitcoin is seeing another surge, and it's so valuable and so widely used now. So, yeah. This is just gonna get more and more common.
0: Hey, to the moon, right? To the moon. You gotta hodl. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, this isn't actually a data breach, but this is something called COMB. And COMB stands for, let me make sure I get this right, compilation of many breaches. So that's exactly what it sounds like. This is actually a compilation of many breaches, and it is massive. Uh, There are 4.7 billion people online, and comb includes the data of nearly 70% of these users. So we're talking about billions of people that were affected by this. But again, this isn't anything new. It's just kind of a a giant database of everything that's already been leaked. Now, one thing, there's actually a website, I'm going to leave this linked below. You can check if your data has been leaked as part of this. So I go ahead and, and attach that. I don't know if this actually uses a different data set as have I been pwned but either way you can cross-reference both of these tools. All you have to do is type in your email and it's gonna show you whether or not your data was involved.
1: Okay, let's move into companies. Basically the upcoming iOS 14.5, which is expected in a couple months, it's going to start routing all of the Safari traffic. If you use the safe browsing feature, they're gonna route that through an Apple controlled proxy server. Basically the way this works is if you have, it's called fraudulent website warning and it's under your uh, Safari settings. If you have this enabled, you're basically using Google's safe browsing technology. The way Google's safe browsing technology works is they check the website against Google's list. Google has a list of websites, and if they know that that website has a history of malware or fraud or you know just scam, stuff like that, they'll block it and they'll warn you. So Apple is attempting to preserve user privacy by sending that request through their server first and then to Google server. So Google is still seeing the website you're attempting to connect to, but in theory, they're not supposed to know it's you because it's going through Apple first and all they see is Apple's IP address.
0: This is actually found on pretty much any Chromium browser at the very least. Uh, So if you download Brave, if you download, I think Edge, pretty much any Chromium browser has this feature built in and even browsers like Bromite. Bromite might disable this by default but these are actually all settings inside of these browsers that say like, do you wanna check for fraudulent websites? And this cross-references Google's. The bottom line, this is a security versus privacy issue. If you're looking for better better security, this is gonna check the websites to make sure you're not accessing a phishing website, but it might come at a cost of privacy uh, depending on how Google is analyzing this traffic and using that data. It's kind of personal preference, and I think Nate had a better better way of summarizing these, like his, his takeaway for this one.
1: I, I think if you're a tech-savvy person who kind of knows your way around the Internet, you're pretty good at spotting suspicious websites, or if you don't really browse on mobile very often, which I don't think you should, then it's probably safe to go ahead and turn this off just to get that privacy back. If you're not very tech-savvy or you do browse a lot, it may be worth it to go ahead and keep it on, again, just for the, the security of it. But, yeah, it's very – um, it like I said, in theory, Google shouldn't be able to see that it's you because it's coming through Apple, but –
0: I mean, I'm sure they've got other ways to track you on mobile, so. So up next, Yandex said that it caught an employee selling access to users' inboxes. So this was pretty much a rogue employee who had access to customer data and they were selling it to people, uh, yeah.
1: Yandex, for those who don't know, is a Russian search engine and email provider the employee they said and this is a quote from the article the employee was one of three system administrators with the necessary access rights to provide technical support so basically what they're saying is this guy didn't break into any systems he wasn't supposed to be in he was just abusing the access he already had as part of his job and they said he could have potentially compromised up to 4887 mailboxes so i think the takeaway here is this highlights the importance of a zero knowledge encrypted email provider whether that's proton tutanota uh, I know C Templar is another big one that's getting really popular. I mean, this is really important. A similar story happened last year with a Yahoo sysadmin admin who was accessing mailboxes looking for nudes. So this is becoming a real big problem, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and people like to really uh, undermine some of the, the protections that are given by ProtonMail. I know a common thing is, well, by default, it doesn't give end-to-end encryption to external contacts. And it's like, yeah, but no email provider does, right? And actually, ProtonMail, you can end-to-end encrypt to external contacts. You just have to click the lock button and set a password. Um, I mean, that's that's the same for Tutanota as well. To, exactly. To, to Tutanota's defense, they will warn
1: you. There, there's a little pop-up at the top that says, like, hey, you're sending this outside Tutanota. We can't encrypt this unless you manually select it. So I'll give them that.
0: Yeah, but, tot- but I mean, like, the, the point is that these tools still offer a very valid use case, and it's another good example Absolutely. of elitism of, like, hey, well, they could still do XYZ, therefore <laughs> it, you shouldn't use this service. And it's like, okay, I know people actually have said, I'm just going to use Gmail because ProtonMail has this problem. And it's like, huh.
1: Yeah, and I've I've heard people say that like, is there a point to using Proton or Tutanota if everyone else is still using Gmail? And my logic is like, you're you're cutting that attack in half. Like, if you're both using Gmail, both inboxes are just as susceptible. But if at least one of you is using zero provider, then only one of you is susceptible to that. And,
0: so. and also, if you click the lock button on, on <laughs> Tutanota or Proton Mail, there is end-to-end encryption, and Gmail won't be able to access the contents. Of the email. Now, I'm pretty sure Tutanota also protects the subject line, and mm-hmm. I don't think ProtonMail does that yet. So they just do not. just keep in mind that the subject line for ProtonMail still would uh, expose you to some extent. So don't put anything sensitive like your social security number in the subject <laughs> line. Our next story, super quick one. Uh, it's Patch Tuesday for Microsoft. If you don't know, they pretty much send security updates for Windows and all their other most of their other software. Just update Windows. They fixed 56 bugs, including a Windows zero-day vulnerability. So I recommend enabling automatic software updates, even though it's notoriously just awful on Windows. At least you're going to be secure.
1: Here is a really interesting story. CD Projekt Red was hit by ransomware. And for those who are not gamers then uh, and you're not familiar, CD Projekt Red is the company behind the latest game cyberpunk 2077 which was the latest like big game that everybody was really looking forward to before that they did the witcher i think they've done a couple other ones but anyways they got hit by um, ransomware fortunately they said there was no user or personal data compromised they may have gotten the source code for some of the games, including an unreleased version of Witcher 3. So that really sucks. What is really cool is CD Projekt Red said that they are not gonna pay up and that they were actually keeping good backup. So at the time this article was published, they were already in the process of restoring their devices. Like I said, they're not gonna pay, which is great. We need to see more companies not paying. And then just a uh, fun little addendum to that. The, uh, the attacker is a group called Hello Kitty. And I just thought that was so amusing. One more real quick story a canadian telecommunications provider called telus has signed a 10-year deal with google cloud the deal is part of google's efforts to move into the telecom industry and the collaboration will use ai to better use data in healthcare agriculture security and connected home industries so if you're canadian that's just something to have on your radar
0: also on kind of on this note google's now if you didn't hear google introduced their own vpn as part of their Fi subscription and now they're hoping to introduce this VPN to iPhones, so it's now been announced that they're gonna be rolling this out to iPhones soon as well. Um, as you can imagine, uh, the main concern here is you're trusting Google with pretty much all of your internet traffic, and I, I know this isn't how it happened, but internally, I really want this to be some kind of like response to Apple now using the proxy for fraudulent websites, so so yeah, but they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna get, have people use our VPN, so we're still gonna see their web traffic.
1: I have so many questions about Google
0: and this VPN stuff. I don't know. I, I have no comment on that. This is ridiculous. It, you know what though? I have less questions about Google making a VPN than Mozilla.
1: <laughs> I mean that's fair. Google. Uh, they're I, the same I know thing s-
0: though. <laughs> fair. <laughs> I know I have said
1: before that Google does have some of the best security. No privacy, but they've got some pretty top-notch security. Our next story is about Amazon, and this kind of goes back to a story we talked about, I believe it was last week. We talked about how Amazon is going to be putting cameras in their vans so that they can improve driver safety. Well, CNBC did an article talking about how Amazon has already kind of been doing that for a while using an app called Mentor. And this app has been in use for years. Drivers have raised allegations that the app is really buggy and it can lead to unfair disciplinary action, it can lead to unhealthy workplace competition, and it even tracks them while they're at home. And it's you know it's pretty self-explanatory, it's an app, if you start driving for Amazon you have to download this app. Some places are lucky enough that they get a, a device issued at work, unfortunately some places are not and they have to put it on their personal devices. And the app monitors activities like braking, speeding even receiving phone calls or sending texts, you know, one driver reported that he got a phone call, didn't answer it, but the app improperly reported him as being on the phone, and that dinged him, so it's, uh, just kind of highlights, you know, the big concern with the the cameras and the vans is that they're going to be abused, and they're going to be buggy, and they're not going to work right, and this really just is a a perfect example of that's already happened is they've implemented ai that didn't work
0: and our final company article of the week we talked last week about how apple and, and mac os was actually affected by a pseudo root privilege escalation bug that was originally found on linux uh long story short they've rolled out a fix so update just like the windows side of things update this applies to any operating system
1: and we're gonna roll right into research. A big story this week is that browser favicons can be used as undeletable super cookies to track you online. So we've talked about super cookies a few weeks ago. They're basically cookies that are a lot harder to get rid of and store a lot more information. For those who don't know, favicons or favicons, they're the little logo that appears in the corner of the website in the tab. Those can bypass incognito mode, they can bypass VPNs, ad blockers, They don't get cleared by closing the browser, by flushing the cache, by even restarting the system. They're just really, really uh, persistent little guys. And fortunately, this was discovered by a researcher named Jonas Strel? Strel, I may have pronounced that wrong. He fortunately says he hasn't seen any evidence of this being used in the wild, but he has alerted all the major browser companies, and hopefully they will provide a solution to that in the near future. So here's another big story that some of my readers were really interested in. Uh, Facebook and Instagram have removed link previews for European users, and the researchers who discovered this are suspecting that the reason they did that is because they're abusing link previews in a way that breaks EU privacy laws. So, for those who don't know, when you share a link in a Messenger, like a uh, Facebook Messenger or Signal, you have the option sometimes to generate a link preview. And that's kind of a risk, because basically what happens is your device pretty much visits the website so that it can bring in a snapshot of the website. And, I mean... It'll collect, it's as if you actually visited that website, it'll log your IP, it'll download any JavaScript, so on and so forth. This technique was actually abused in the past to put malware in WhatsApp chats and spy
0: on the chats. I always have to praise Signal because it's almost like Signal always looks five steps ahead on things like this because when Signal Signal didn't introduce link previews for the longest time because they knew this was a concern. Uh, And now it's an optional feature. So if this is something and you have a higher threat model and you don't want to ever have to worry about this, you can disable link previews in Signal, and this won't impact you. Uh, just another reason to use Signal over WhatsApp.
1: I I do have some. I agree with you that Signal is great, and they're very forward-thinking. They need to fix their implementation of that because if I disable link previews, but you haven't, any
0: link you send me will still pull a preview. Got it. So I learned that the hard way. Well, pretty much. So if you receive a link preview, is there any risk? On your end or because isn't the link preview generated on the user's end before they send it I'm pretty sure it's how that works that's
1: actually that's yeah you're right that is a really good point but I mean even still if we're talking about like the whatsapp example the link
0: previews were used to get into the chat and see the content got it I wonder if they do anything so, to prevent that well, um that's a good question we should that's look into question. that or if someone knows more context or insight into that let us know
1: okay so the next story is just a real quick story this is uh a, again a proof of concept and an unfolding story a Swiss company called Terra Quantum AG they have proven that quantum computing can break encryption for a handful of currently existing encryptions so at the time that this article was published the research itself had not been published yet this was just basically kind of a You know, headline, I guess, of an upcoming article. So we'll have to wait and see and read the paper when it comes out, see if, uh, you know, if this is true or if they're being hyperbolic and if their alleged weaknesses even hold up to peer review. So that's still up in the air, but it's definitely something to have on our radar. There's a lot of concern in the privacy community about quantum encryption and how that might affect, or quantum computing and how that might affect current encryption standards. So this is something to look out for.
0: Uh, Up next, to go back to messengers, Telegram, there was a whole research article posted about an issue with Telegram now that impacts privacy of their users. So, there's already a lot of uh, criticism for Telegram because they don't enable end-to-end encryption in chats by default, so you have to use a secret chat to get end-to-end encryption for other users. But, even if you do that, this new issue is going to impact you, so pretty much you can have disappearing messages so that a message disappears after an hour, a minute, or a week. And this issue pretty much found a workaround where Telegram caches this on Mac OS in an improper way so that the files are still accessible. Uh, so this is another issue that's plagued Telegram. Uh, there's been quite a few issues that Telegram suffered in the last uh, several years. Uh, it's still probably better than using Facebook, WhatsApp, and all these other tools. And make sure to always use secret chats. But again, uh, you have to trust the tool here. And in this scenario, there was a situation where it actually left the sandbox of uh of telegram so it's a pretty serious issue
1: okay and our last research story is that there are old security vulnerabilities still left in millions of internet of things devices that are vulnerable to attacks it's kind of well known in the the security community that iot devices are not very good at being kept up to date Uh, a lot of manufacturers just push them out and then forget all about them but There are old vulnerabilities that have been patched a long time ago for other like Windows, Mac, phones, all kinds of things that have not been patched on IoT devices. So if you must buy a smart device for whatever reason, make sure to do your research. Uh, Some of them do get updated, so see if you can find one of those. And if not, just strong passwords,
0: VLANs if your router supports that. And again, if they do get updated, keep that up to date. Now we're going to move on to the politics section, starting with US news. Uh, So pretty much cybercriminals have increased the chemical levels of a city's water system. Uh, This is just another infrastructure attack, which is uh, kind of the next big thing. So a cybercriminal in Florida accessed a water plant and attempted to raise the sodium hydroxide to dangerous levels. Uh, and this uh, this is also a an ingredient that's used in drain cleaners. So it's it's toxic to humans if it's in large doses.
1: Yeah, apparently the operator said it's really common for people to, like, remote in from time to time, like managers and stuff, to, like, remote in and, like, do some work real quick. Are you serious? So originally, yeah, so originally <laughs> he was just like, oh, you know, somebody's in, whatever. But then he saw, like, they were messing with
0: levels and stuff, and he's like, uh, hold on, that's not right. You, I mean, for a couple things. One, can you imagine, like, Handling that kind of stuff and just being like, oh yeah, just someone else is in the system again, yeah, whatever, (laughs) because it's such a common thing. Um, And then the second thing is, what kind of person do you have to be to poison water? Like, what's there's no incentive for that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's just chaos. That's literally mass murder. Now, now would
0: my Brita protect me from
1: this? So you're saying I should, uh, I have a Brita filter. Should I go like pour Drano on it and see what happens?
0: I don't know. Cause I know, so I know Brita doesn't protect against like mercury. I like Brita protects from like all this different stuff. You have to get a specific kind of Brita to filter mercury. Can we actually recommend to our audience, get a Brita to protect your water from hackers? (laughs) I mean, honestly, I do it just because it
1: makes it taste better. I know the city water is safe, but it just it makes it taste better. (laughs) It's safe for now.
0: (laughs) Fair, okay,
1: good point. I I think the the big thing about this story is infrastructure is a huge problem here in the U.S. Like, we've still got systems like when I joined the military in 2007, we were still using a DOS-based text box program for my job, and like, you know, the government is really slow to update and upgrade and which I kind of understand because on the one hand it's expensive and there's always bugs and unfortunately they never see the good side of it you know we, we caught this one attack who knows how many others have been stopped by a good IT guy who actually knew what he was doing you never see when bad things don't happen so unfortunately that means that cybersecurity moves to the bottom of the list because we never see the benefit so but yeah this uh, was a really big story that shows that this stuff does happen and it's, it's potentially dangerous I mean this happened near Tampa which is Huge, huge city. <laughs> Florida man Off poisons the- water. <laughs> and then uh, just to add on to that story real quick, uh, another article disclosed that, so the attacker gained access through an employee's account. That employee's account was using the same password as his team viewer password. So remember to use strong, unique passwords everywhere and do not reuse passwords.
0: Okay, so up next. So a little bit of context here borders. Borders are, have always been kind of a hot topic because uh, this is normally a place where you're searched. And normally there's, I guess, more of a reason to be searched, at least from a national security perspective. And so pretty much there was a previous case ruling that pretty much didn't allow copying of data without a warrant. And this has recently actually been overturned. So now, at least according to a a single case, and I think this is technically still kind of unraveling, and we don't know how this is going to impact people yet, but pretty much there was a court overruling that pretty much stated, yes, there are actually situations where border agents are allowed to review and copy user data without a warrant.
1: Like you said, this is still unfolding. This was the First Circuit Court. Uh, I believe they could still take it to the Supreme Court from here if they wanted to, and that would be the final authority. But... Yeah, previously they said, no, you you can't search without a warrant at the border, like you can't do advanced searches where they copy your data and they unlock the phone and all that, but this judge said otherwise, so that is unfortunately kind of troubling. It I know it makes a lot of privacy-conscious people not want to come to the U.S. now, so...
0: Um, up next, we're going to talk about net neutrality. So a little bit of context: in 2016, I believe we got Ajit Pai, who was anti-net neutrality, and so uh, we pretty much re- uh, revoked all net neutrality laws in the U.S. for those four years. And the one states that really uh, caused some uh, caused a little bit of drama over this was California. So California actually had a net neutrality rule that they tried putting in place and then the isps were fighting this net neutrality rule and it's been a court ruling since it's it's been in court since what 2018 yeah i believe yeah, it's 2018 and pretty much uh it's just kind of an update on this story so the us has dropped a suit against california because now we have a new administration and they seem to be moving towards a pro net neutrality stance on things which is all good news and ajit pai the most hated person on the internet is now out of office (laughs) Oh man, you should have seen the day I read that in the headlines. I was like,
1: yes! <laughs> I remember
0: we covered that in surveillance Report. I think that was the first one we did together. I mentioned I think that, so. and you I think were you're right. like, you were like, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't. Ha- I don't always put both of our webcams on the the final video, but yeah, like uh, that. I remember like cutting that part out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that uh, that definitely had to be mentioned. Okay, and then our last USA story is the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota, is the latest city to ban facial recognition use by police. For those who don't know, Minneapolis is where the infamous death of George Floyd occurred last year, which sparked nationwide protests and has prompted many cities across the U.S. to review their police practices and their funding allocations, and that includes the police use of technology and data. So, this is a win. Facial recognition has been proven that it is not very effective on minorities. It has a huge false positive rate. And, of course, there are huge concerns about using this technology during peaceful protests and other legal gatherings and the chilling effect that that might have on freedom of speech and the First Amendment. So, this is a win. And we do have one real quick international political story. A couple in British Columbia used their phone number for contact tracing, and the restaurant abused it by sending them promotional offers. Pretty self-explanatory, the couple claims they have a phone number that they don't really use very often. They're pretty much only using it for contact tracing. And so they went out to eat, they went ahead and put the phone number down, and shortly thereafter they started getting text messages for promo offers from the restaurant. So this is a huge privacy abuse and a, a
0: very big deal. Alright, now we're going to transition to free and open source, FOSS News, and we're going to start with Signal. So last week we talked about how Signal uh, was pretty much, they weren't accused, but some researchers pretty much came out and said, hey, the way that Signal's trying to bypass the recent Iran uh, blocks for Signal isn't necessarily the proper way of doing it. And Signal was criticized because they actually removed uh, pretty much all of their everything the researchers posted through github and the issues and all the different places they were trying to tell this to signal it was all removed by signal and so all the researchers were being censored essentially and actually i cut this out of the final surveillance report so you viewers didn't hear this but i was telling nate afterwards like yeah signal's kind of notorious for just doing this because people don't follow their super specific protocols so signal doesn't are just very strict in the open-source community. And pretty much, yes, Signal just came out and said, yeah, these researchers didn't use our proper protocols of doing things, and we don't even think that the researchers' concerns are much of a security risk and that we're working on this in the long run. Because I know you were concerned about that last year, last week, Nate. Like, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard without having the actual... Um post to look at because i know they said they posted to github and they got taken down and told this isn't the place go post on the forum then they claimed that they posted on the forum and got removed there too uh like you said signal is basically saying well you weren't following the code of conduct so i without seeing the post i can't really confirm that but i mean signal yeah their response was basically look this this vulnerability is not actually a vulnerability and even if it was these are temporary proxies we're working on something long term so I don't know if that was necessarily the best handling, but it uh, it does make me feel a little better to to know that they're at least acknowledging the issue and responding and not just you know pretending it didn't happen. So that's good. Yeah,
0: Signal again. Signal has a history with this of people being like, well, we tried to contribute, they didn't do X, Y, Z, and they're also very locked. It's a very locked down open source, uh, I guess, protocol that they have, which which is a pro and a con. I mean, they're very efficient, right? It's kind of like it's kind of like a dictator running things, right? It's just like we're gonna do it this way. We're, no questions asked. We're going to do things this way. And it's probably why Signal is actually one of the most successful open source projects because they are so like locked in with how they do things. But it comes with uh, some cons like this story.
1: Yeah, real quick on that note, uh, there's a a speech by Moxie Marlinspike called The Ecosystem is Moving. And I know you can find it on Peertube and probably also YouTube and a bunch of other places where uh, in that speech, Moxie talks about why he doesn't want to decentralize Signal and stuff like that and why he doesn't want to federate it and... Yeah, it's worth checking out because he he makes there are some good points. Like like you said, they're they're able to respond to issues faster. They're able to push out features faster. Um, they're able to push out the proper security, like make sure everybody's using the same version. But there's definitely downsides too. Like we saw with well we're seeing now with the censorship in Iran, and we saw when it crashed last month. So. It's, it's There's pros and cons for sure. But if anybody's curious what Moxie himself has to say on it, that's a, his, his own video that you should check out. Moxie's the CEO of Signal, by the way. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, no to... worries. Our last story for FOSS is about Google, who is pushing out a new tool to help open source developers find security bugs easier. So they have launched the Open Source Vulnerability website, the OSV, which they are hoping will be a little bit more open source friendly than the traditional CVE bug tracking format. Because you know, with open source, you got a lot of forks, you got a lot of pull requests, and different merges, and different versions, and people are using different versions, it's just all over the place. So their hope is that with OSV, Instead of being so rigid, it will be more flexible and make it easier for developers to report, manage, and fix vulnerabilities across the various commits and versions and forks and all that kind of stuff. And finally, we are going to move into our Misfits section. And we're going to start off with a story about apps, specifically one in the Google Play Store that infected 10 million users with a single update, It's pretty impressive. So there's an app called Barcode Scanner, it's pretty self-explanatory, it scans barcodes and for years it's been totally fine there's never been an issue but then all of a sudden in december they pushed out an update that basically had malware in it and it forced the app to continuously load pop-ups and ads and many apps often contain third-party capabilities for the free versions that's how you get like apps that are free with ads or you can pay a dollar and get rid of the ads and basically the paid version just removes that third-party ad api or sdk i forget exactly what it is and I'm not a programmer so it is possible that sometimes there will be an update that makes the ads a little bit more aggressive because it's third party and it's kind of beyond their control but this was so much worse than that and so much more aggressive to the point where uh, Google and Malwarebytes both considered
0: this uh, adware Okay, so um, if you thought this was a Google Play issue, uh, it impacts iPhones as well. So a developer exposed that there are multiple scam applications on the App Store, um, some them were bringing in millions of dollars of revenue. Uh, pretty much uh, as the story goes, just like we just talked about, you have to trust the applications you download. Uh, mobile phones are actually a lot more locked down than desktop operating systems, so these apps are more limited than a program you might install on your computer but you still need to trust these applications. And just because it's an iPhone doesn't mean that it's necessarily always going to be better for you. And you shouldn't over rely on the fact that Apple has a more locked down app store than Google Play. Okay, and this is a pretty funny story here. Uh, it's definitely a misfit. A malicious script has stolen the credit card information that was stolen by other hackers. So these hackers pretty much stole credit card data and then these other hackers stole their data. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the story. I thought it was funny. Nate, Nate threw that one in. Oh, so funny. One of
1: my readers said that they should call that vulnerability yoink. (laughs) Yoink. (laughs) The US FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission, they're reminding people, do not post your COVID-19 vaccination cards on social media. So, you know, some people are going out, they're getting vaccinated, thankfully, and, you know, they're getting cards that prove that they got vaccinated. And of course, they're excited. So they're sharing that on social media. Well, these cards contain personally identifiable information like full name, date of birth, the date and location of the vaccine, and possibly other information. So, just kind of a reminder to people that you really don't need much information about a person to start stealing their identity or conduct phishing attacks and things like that. So, be really careful what you post online. And, you know, don't don't be afraid to say, hey, I got vaccinated, but maybe don't scan the card and post.
0: Okay, and then finally, we are going to end on a positive note. Pretty much a privacy win in Uganda, as data regulators have concluded that a ride-sharing application called SafeBoda uh, was unlawfully disclosed. They unlawfully disclosed data to third parties because the consents relied upon for the disclosure were not specific, neither were they informed. I feel like I, I said that in a very complicated way. Pretty much this, this safe Boda ride sharing app was caught sharing data with a third party and are now being held responsible for that. And this is a very big win in Uganda. It's just a big privacy data win that we wanted to throw in here.
1: Oh, you may appreciate this uh, a couple nights ago. I couldn't sleep for some reason. And uh, so I just brought the phone into the room and started playing tower defense until <laughs> like just, you know, just kind of waiting to get tired. So I just like put on, put on some, some sitcom and like was playing it and, at one point, my partner woke up and
0: looked at me, and she's just like, "Of course, you're playing Tower Defense." <laughs> I think I—it's like I'm trying to catch up, man. Yeah, the levels are, are getting harder and harder to to like. It's hard. It's getting really hard to level up. They just introduced a new thing. You know how we talked about how like, they like to keep you, you keep you roped in. They now introduced. Yeah, they dropped a new map, didn't they? Yeah, they dropped new maps, but they also dropped in the new. Uh, it's like a tower emblem, or, or like the. It's like a sun god. Oh, the little totem. Yeah, like Is a sun it, god no, totem. Am I, of something else? I think that something like that that just came out in the last update and it's another thing now that you have to collect <laughs> and they incentivize oh, certain maps. So now it's like, oh, if you play this map now, you're going to get five more of these totems and then you can unlock yeah, things. Yeah, I was going to say you're you're going
1: to hate this because that's going to go away after a while. I've seen them do that before. They'll like it's like a limited time like they'll drop it for like a week or two. So you're trying to play as much as possible to like get as much as many items as you can before it goes away. Oh, I
0: don't mind that then. I, I don't, as long as <laughs> if they get rid of it, then I'm cool with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll uh, at least in my experience, it'll go away in like a week or two. It's like a limited time event. All
0: right. That everyone is all that we have this week. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to learn more about any of these stories, again, links are always in the show notes on GitHub. If you're interested in learning more about privacy, please check out Surveillance Report's parent site, Techlore at Techlore.tech. Or you can check out my site at thenewoil.xyz. Yep, Nate's site is awesome and he has very thorough resources. So go check out his stuff. Um, And a final thank you to our supporters who are helping us uh, bring all this content to you for free. Again, all support methods are down below. And Nate also has support methods on his site as well if you want to support the new oil. So thank you again for watching, everybody, and see you next week on Surveillance Report.